We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele... Our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. A big up boogaboo. What's up, people? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind podcast. Hello, Zane. Hello. I, I would just like to apologize for what just occurred, um, especially to our audio listeners. That was, I mean, personally, I know if I just heard that coming in my headphones, I'd be horrified and mildly concerned I was having a stroke. You know, in a week where we, uh, yeah, just uh, we say it every time. It's a crazy, yeah. insane week. I hope the audio listeners, YouTube listeners are doing mm. well, though, because we certainly are. A quick thank you to uh, all of you guys because I, I know we say it time and time again, but these weeks, you know, ups and downs and ups and downs and... The funny part is, it's always true. I think we we keep saying it's been a crazy week. But it week. is true. It's like, and we keep thinking, okay, next week things are gonna calm down a little bit. And then bit, just, yeah. So, sorry for the sound effects, guys. But as per usual, we hope you guys all enjoy. Zan, you ready to hit this one? Yeah, as always, you know, guys, if you appreciate it, please like, comment, subscribe. Uh, that does help us out a ton. Audio listeners, thank you for tuning in. Check us out on Esports Talk and yes. on YouTube. Subscribing helps us keeps our jo- keeps keeps our jobs. Okay. Yeah, anyway, yeah. here we go. <laughs> All right, Xana, for this first one's definitely a rehashing because of what's going on in the Call of Duty scene, but mm. with what was supposed to be one of the, I guess you could say, former biggest brands 
in the entire world. That being Optic Gaming. Been a long time since we talked about this one, my man. Yeah. You know, last, I mean, that just makes me sad. <laughs> I know. It, it really does. I, uh -huh. I, it's, it's so weird because we've been covering esports long enough where I think we actually saw some of our biggest viewership from our old Optic videos. Mm. And it was during that, you know, slight uptick. And then, of course, the harsh downfall after all that unraveled. I actually already video, have a video out there about this this fail of an investment. I want to talk about the size of the investment, a quick comparison for all of you guys who are watching as well. I think there are only a, a, a slim few, if not a couple that I know about when it comes time for triple digit million dollar investments into esports. I think a while back it was Virtus Pro receiving a hundred million dollar investment mm -hmm. from a Nice chunk of change. Like, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. A very well-off <laughs> man. And uh, the potential buyout amount was actually $100 million or around there for Optic Gaming. Along with that, of course, getting a couple of teams, um, the Houston Outlaws for Overwatch League, and alongside that, the LCS spot, that being Immortals, now dipping back into it. In case you guys missed it, it was Immortals Gaming Club paying that very, very hefty price. They got to sell off a couple teams. They struggled to sell anything when it came time for the Counter-Strike scene. Yep. And with that, had to then invest into the Call of Duty League with what remained of the Optic Gaming brand. And I know I kind of just threw all that out there, but I really want to just ask a very, very minimal question to you mm. is, do you think, I, I know that Immortals Gaming Club maybe would never come out and openly say maybe their honest side about this, but do you mm. think that investment, that purchase of the Optic Gaming brand and what came with under that umbrella was worth the $100 million buyout or purchase yes and no uh and i'll, I'll, I'll explain why um i think on paper that deal looks phenomenal optic has been one of the original i'd say uh esports orgs to achieve such a high level of success mm -hmm. and i think do you see clear brand recognition attachment the fans are invested in the green wall you know if you put that in front of any investor they'd be like oh okay great we've got this you know dedicated community who will come with us if we buy this brand before yeah, I, I don't yeah. mean to get you yeah, no, go, go off for it, track, go for but I think you make really good points in the mm -hmm. fact that you know we we've seen investors maybe not be fully informed. I think we've seen plenty of investors come mm -hmm. into the esports scene with probably very little knowledge of it. And the way you paint that picture, yes, Optic Gaming was one of the most well noted reputable brands of all time in esports. Absolutely. So yeah, you get that and a couple teams underneath that. Mm -hmm. I can certainly understand why you might think. Yeah, I think the problem that we run into in esports is it's hard to explain what anything in esports means, like in depth, like something like Optic, to somebody who has no attachment or investment in the overall industry. Like if I tell somebody at Immortals, like, okay, if you don't have Hex on board, this is worthless, they're going to be like, what does that even mean? Like, you know, like yeah. they're going to be like, you know, they're like, ah, oh, well, you know, we, we can just get another personality to take his place or another, like, you know, somebody to helm the ship. But... I mean, if you really look into it as like an esports fan, you go, okay, if Hex leaves, then how much of the fan base goes with him? How many of the Optic boys go with him? How many, like, you know, he has, not to like, you know, gas Hex up too much, but yeah. like, you know. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, he really is in and like, you know, was at this point, like the face and the name behind Optic. And I think that anybody in esports would have seen that, but investors significantly less so, which is where I think uh, the lack of actual value in making that acquisition without somebody like Hex involved comes into play. Yeah, and certainly we don't know the financials, so maybe it's, yeah. it's not fair for us to judge, but I think I love asking the question of was this worth the purchase? Was this mm -hmm. worth the investment? I'll end on this. It has been so impressive to see. 
Um, you know, Optic Gaming has certainly struggled in Call of Duty League with everything going on right now. Yeah. We don't know the sale numbers, so it very well could have been worth it. But mm. I think for me, it's been very intriguing to see with Hector leaving to NRG, the things that NRG have done to shape him underneath the umbrella. Absolutely. And uh, of course, they've added the Huntsman now. It's crazy to see the crossover mm. that came with Hex and mm. Scump and all the former Optic people he took on with him to the NRG hood. And they are already the most reputable Call of Duty brand. And the Huntsmen themselves have been on social media, at least, impressions-wise. Mm -hmm. And at least on when it comes to a, a platform like Twitter, already one of the more recognizable brands in all of esports as an individual Call of Duty team. Yeah, absolutely. I will say it's super impressive how much of the fan base they managed to transition over to the Huntsmen. Crazy. Like, you don't, like, just look at Mixer, right? Like, Ninja <laughs> couldn't do half of what the Huntsmen did. Oh, my. Like, that, let's be real. <laughs> that is a head. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Huntsman did what Mixer couldn't. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Now you're, now you're getting storylines. Uh -huh. Either way, we can't really judge exactly what went on behind the scenes, guys, financially. But do you guys think the purchase of Optic for such a hefty amount of money was worth it? All right, Jake, this story is a little involved, and I apologize for everybody out there because we only can touch on like so much of it because it is so, so involved. If this is what I think it is, I've been waiting for you to break this down. Yeah, yeah, I know you've been anticipating oh, the, the, Sky, your phone. Yeah, the Sky Williams story. For those of you who may recognize the name, he's a former League of Legends personality, big in the Smash scene recently, a streamer who's been kind of, you know, taking slight step back from actively making content, but obviously still around. Uh, those who aren't familiar with League of Legends or Smash might remember him from streaming and doing stuff with Dunkey. Dunkey being, mm -hmm. you know, huge. Uh, anyway, surprisingly, he's tied to many of the allegations levied against members of the Super Smash Brothers community in the past week or so, as people have been excused of serious sexual assault, misconduct, just all around. I think we're seeing numbers stuff. now of approaching 50 cases. I mean, it's just... Oh, way over 50. Yeah. We're at like close to like 100 different it's allegations. Literally like, yeah. unimaginable what happened in just mm -hmm. a week span of time over yeah, there. Yeah, right? And, like and 48 hours. Which is, honestly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I kind of give it benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. And it's even crazier because this story about Sky Williams is just... It's the tip of the iceberg, but it's still such an insane story. Yeah, it's the tip of the iceberg that's weirdly tied to every other iceberg in the in Which, in the ice flow, uh, yeah. let's say. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, the general gist of the story is that Sky Williams owns several gaming houses called Sky Houses, right? Where a bunch of different personalities, creators, players would come in, like you know, they'd rent a rent a spot from Sky. Unfortunately, not the best living situation. Some of these houses were like a three bedroom with as many as twenty four people living it, Jesus and what time? Christ. Which you know, if you do the math on that, it's doesn't new, necessarily it's add doable. up. Is it? it usually add, it adds up to people being on uh, right, on top of each other, very close mm -hmm. to each other. Yeah, yeah, at, at the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, several members of the Smash community directly implicated Sky in their allegations, as they said, uh, these assaults, this, these specific cases of misconduct happened in Sky houses, while Sky was even present for many of them. And he did nothing. He even participated in some cases um, with... Just to throw out a couple names of those involved, Zero, who we already talked about on the channel, uh, Keitaro, D1, uh, I, I believe Gimmer as well. It is like it's a an expansive list yeah. of people who just happen to be involved here. So anyway, in the past week, obviously, because all this happened under his roof, Sky was asked to give a statement, say like, hey, what what went on here? What did you know about? What did you do to help these people, if anything, mm -hmm. you know? And Homie was silent aside from just spewing gibberish on Twitter, essentially. He was doing one of those things where he was postponing, saying, hey guys, I'm gonna drop the response any minute now. I'm not sleeping. I'm not, I'm not sleeping until it's out, until you guys know my side of the story. And you know, three days went by, 
and he released a stream that was about two hours and is being described as many as one of the worst apologies in YouTube history. And we've seen a lot of terrible apologies. Yeah, so. shout out to the Pauls, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, don't, you don't got to throw them under the bus. Well, I mean, if anybody, you know, I, I, I think they, choose, I think they I'm could. I'm not going to name any names. I'm, I'm not trying to be bitter right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I could be bitter towards this, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Th- and it I, did continue. Justifiably so. <laughs> um, I, I, I will say he did own up to his part in some of this, describing himself as the first abuser in many of these cases leading to like you know the more long-term situations mm-hmm. and uh just to read a quick quote from one of his former housemates just to give you a general idea of what was going on um <laughs> direct quote the lowest tier of housemates not only had little to no say unless it was convenient but it was also uncommon for their entire existence it wasn't uncommon my apologies for their entire existence to be ignored it felt subhuman there was no established written form of hierarchy but essentially sky had favorites and that those favorites had much more say on everything. So basically people were living in like, you know, pretty trash conditions, mm-hmm. which has now at this point led to Sky admitting to most of this, trying to roll it back, messaging people independently. And now it has come out that he owes over $350,000 to yeah. variety of people in the esports and gaming space, including Monte Cristo, um, What's that other guy? Mr. R from Smash, LS, the League caster, like tons. A tons lot of names more. that you guys would know. Or yeah, at least, absolutely. You know, yeah, that you know, would. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, talked about a variety of reasons for it in the gaming scene as well. Noted mm. figures, obviously being owed money. Um, I don't know if you're going to touch on this. There mm. was the the fake raising of funds as yeah, well. Yeah, based off of his uh, lying about his father's cancer, Which, I believe it was. As, as if this story couldn't even yeah. go further. Um, mm. And when raising those funds for a seemingly fake cause, using them for his own personal gains yeah. and, and personal matters. In this case, uh, allegedly using them to go to Vegas on a gambling spree, as well as purchase uh, prostitutes for several of his housemates, along with hotel rooms, which is yikes. Obviously very, yeah. very, very immoral. Not great. Um, so I don't know where we even want to go with this story overall, but it is just so much to talk about here. I think my question for you, Jake, after hearing all of this is how do you feel about gaming houses? I'm kind of like, mm, maybe we shouldn't just, we, we shouldn't have those, maybe. Maybe I, that's not a great idea. I think generally, uh, you know, it, it's, so, it's so tough for a, a lot of organizations to look over, especially when it comes time mm. for, I don't know, it, to me, if I was running an esports organization, I certainly would be leaning away uh, from mm. a gaming house unless you are very well aware of those said players and very limited uh, to those said players being in the house. I mean, numbers-wise, obviously filling a three-bedroom house with more than probably three, maybe four people is yeah. probably going to be a nightmare situation. Not ideal. And I, I think, luckily, if we can draw something from this, it, it is a learning point. All of this has been a learning point. I know we say it a lot, but it's the yeah. only good I can freaking take <laughs> from these situations. It really is, yeah. Is we're going to see, hopefully, gaming company organizations or esports organizations look at this and be like, huh, that gaming house, yeah, uh, we, we want to be well aware of who you guys bring into it. If you know, if you're, if you have a player assigned to a gaming house, all right, it's going to be you and your teammates. If there's anyone else visiting, we need to be made aware of the situation. We're going to be overlooking the situation, and if anything goes wrong in that, you know, there's going to be repercussions right away because that is, you know, that that just adds to already how hard it is to operate these kind of things. Mm, absolutely. And I, I hope that everyone looks at this and learns from it. But this is obviously so. I it's don't, such an extreme situation, I don't know. and it's still developing. And yeah. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know if there's a punishment or if there's something that makes me feel justified about this. It's just so atrocious. Mm-hmm. On top of everything else we've covered that's already been atrocious, 
Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. And uh, it gets even worse in some ways as, you know, Sky on this stream, his roommates and several other people close to him kept telling him, stop, stop what you're doing, stop incriminating yourself and potentially others. It got to the point where the stream was cut short by his roommate literally pulling the plug on the router and just, you know, just stopping everything. I will not be surprised at all if we see a serious lawsuit against Sky in the future as uh, he's already been in trouble with the IRS. Uh, According to himself, he's you know he's admitted that due to his debts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, all I, all I guess I can say is I'm glad most esports orgs seem to have moved away from the concept of gaming houses. Most in recently, slowly, slowly, yeah, yeah, they're doing like more like apartment complex type things yep. where everybody has like their own real dedicated space, and then they just happen to be in the same building. Or like even paying for players' rent, and yeah, they can yeah. live on their own, or you mm -hmm. know they can live with uh, one of the teammates, you know, if they want to, you know, yeah, get a definitely. two bedroom. But yeah, I think that, we're, that kind of era, you know, speak of the devil, optic we talked about earlier in the podcast, uh -huh. you know, they were known for gaming houses. Yeah, and guess what? We didn't really hear about any issues. Yeah, because so, they were on top of that stuff. Yeah, so, like I remember Hex had his rule about you clean up or you pay yeah, for it. Like, didn't yeah. really work. But, yeah, <laughs> well, it was something. <laughs> uh, but either way, I, I really just don't know where we go from here and, and exactly what this is going to mean. Mm -hmm. uh, but hopefully we can all take this as a learning lesson and it just um, things just keep on getting crazier in a very unfortunate way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I suppose I'll end off on saying if you guys want to read the allegations and accusations in depth, uh, it is quite a bit. The Just one of them alone is six, nearly 60 pages. Uh, we have an article on that on esportstalk.com. Yeah. And before our next topic, guys, a quick word about betonline.ag. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, esports, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your wagering experts. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, Jake. So, uh, you know, whenever I bring up a slightly less fun topic, I think I kind of might just keep balancing it out with something more whimsical, something more good, fun. Good, good. Something Glad just to, hear to keep it, it light, you know. Uh, so I'm going to hit you with something I didn't think you'd expect to hear today. Let's talk about The Sims real quick. The Sims? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know what you did. You yeah, know yeah. what you know. Huh? I just uh -huh. don't... <laughs> Shout out to Simlish. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Please you don't want to sing the full Katy Perry song <laughs> in Simlish? Like... Please continue. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, the Sims just revealed today that they're starting their very own reality esports TV show. Uh, hosted by E-League, EA, and BuzzFeed, they're essentially going to be doing a four-episode show with 12 contestants where they're going to roll into the studio and they're all going to build a Sims environment with their own characters and tell a story in The Sims. And that's the show. It's all esports focused in a really weird way, and I am shocked that companies are like still like greenlighting stuff like this. That's some uh, that's some pretty good backing uh, with the yeah. ties at least. For right. The, right. I, how like how do you how do you have meetings <laughs> and you're like, huh? I was thinking about this last night. What, yeah. Like, what can you give me more of a premise? I honestly don't even know what to take from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I the trailer is basically just uh, you get different teams of people. They walk in, they build a set of characters and a sim house, I guess, and they have to play out a, a story in The Sims. They have to write and design it and everything. 
and there's going to be competitions based around specific topics and such. What the frick <laughs> is this world coming to? Yeah, right? I just don't understand how you have an esports reality show inside of Sims. Mm-hmm. Is it involving esports The esports component or? is that they're all, like, the esport is them competing to build different Sims. Okay, like, I didn't know if they were stuff. trying to act out esports storylines Oh, no, the, yeah, the they're game. not playing, like, you're not, they're not doing, like, a CSGO event inside the Sims. But the esport is because they're playing Sims competitively? They're comp- yeah, no. they're competing in the Sims. Mm, yeah. I'm not I'm not, you know, I swear, this is the first esports show to actually come out because we've actually talked about quite a few. Right, right. You know, Dr. Dis was supposed to have one eventually in the future. Echo Fox is yeah, supposed yeah. to have theirs. They're supposed to. R.I.P. <laughs> they're, they're supposed to be uh, the other uh, a comedic show about yeah. esports. Uh, the Silver Snipers were supposed to get their own that show. One, the, yeah. uh, I was talking about a different one, too. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 the, 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 the one who's backed by the same people who made the science show. Yeah, Big s- Bang Theory. Big, yeah, 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 yeah. Same producer, at least one uh, director of that mm. was actually tied to another one. We probably sound insane. There's like four <laughs> or five esports shows. If yeah. this is the first one to come out, I pray to I well, I it's going to be because it starts this month. Oh, well, we, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just shocked that all these shows everybody talks about them. Everybody's like, oh, it's happening. None of them have ever actually yeah. come to TV yet, Mm-mm. and this is somehow going to be the first. Like of all the recently announced ones, of course, E League has had similar shows in the past with like CS:GO, and I think they had like Counter Strike. Well, yeah, yeah. Counter-Strike, yes. Yeah, yeah, but this is the, game I guess, anyone. given the whole online premise during mm-hmm. this pandemic and quarantine. Oh, no, these people are in person together. Right, does, I'm well, not saying it makes sense, Jake. No I'm not, excuses yeah, here. It's, uh, it's weird. I just thought I'd bring it up because I, I love the fact that they're still trying. They're still trying to make it happen. You know, I guess, hey, if anybody likes The Sims, go show them some love on TBS, I believe it is. Jesus. On, like, July 17th. And we'll see how the first ever esports reality TV show actually does. All right, Xanifer, to wrap this one up, as of us recording, there has been no signing yet, no contract deal. So me and Zan here mm-hmm. will speculate where Ninja is going to go. As of reported this morning, at the point of us recording, it's actually three top dogs and ponies still in the race. Surprise, surprise, Twitch and YouTube are two of them, and mm-hmm. Facebook being the third. The dark horse sneaking so, up on everybody. <laughs> so let me, uh, let's just make this brief. Let's make this quick. Maybe give it a bit of a background as well. I think we'll probably have similar answers. Maybe. Mm. I'm going to ask you, where do you think Ninja will go? And then where do you think Ninja should go? <laughs> I think he's going to wind up going to YouTube. Uh, first of all, primarily, realistically speaking, because of the issues that he had with Twitch, I don't know if his ego is going to allow him to go back to Twitch, mm-hmm. especially because I'm sure Twitch isn't offering to pay him too much. Uh, because realistically speaking, all platforms have realized, okay, you're an amazing part of the platform. It's great to have you, but mm-hmm. are you really worth the tens of millions of dollars? Is anyone? Mixer? Yeah, yeah. Is anybody ever? I think if anything, the Mixer project has proven when it comes mm-hmm. time for moving the viewership dial mm-hmm. and actually drawing numbers, mm-hmm. the tens of millions is not really the, the, the play at least. Yeah, definitely. And I think YouTube is in a very unique position in the fact that if you want like actual high quality edited VODs, you're going to YouTube. That's the only option. They don't have competition in that respect. So one way or the other, they get Ninja regardless. Ninja's gonna have to upload his clips to YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure if YouTube is offering anything, it's like they're giving him like some table scraps. You're like, okay, here's our like, you know, we're we're offering you this money as a gesture of goodwill just because, hey, we realize you have a big name, but it's definitely not gonna be like 
you know, YouTube's not going to come out and say, oh, we're offering Ninja $10 million. So you think, think Ninja will go to YouTube. Yeah. Where do you think he should go? Twitch. I think he should go back to Twitch. I think it's this much smarter play to maintain a status on both platforms, mm -hmm. you know, because if he's going to have to be on YouTube, that's a given. That's not, there's no options there, really. Um, so if he can stream on Twitch and double dip a little bit, it just makes all the business sense in the world. I really like the way you think. I've already said it before. I would mm -hmm. I would agree with both your answers. I think he will go to YouTube given mm -hmm. his past and his spite with Twitch. I, I think it's a bit of um, you know, a, a bit of an ego play to not go back to Twitch. Mm -hmm. I think if he did, uh, he knows it as well. He'd be very successful. I like the way you phrase it though of maintaining status on two platforms. As we have seen, there have been, you know, I would say the majority of most successful streamers maintain it on both Twitch as their streaming platform mm -hmm. and YouTube as their video platform. Now, the future of streaming, we have no idea where that might go. Um, but certainly, to the other point as well, when it comes time for who is offering money, we just don't know those deals, right? But we mm -hmm. do know that Facebook had apparently offered double yeah. the Mixer contract to actually have that be finished out. So we're going to assume anywhere from 50 to $60 million to actually finish out that same contract. Both Ninja and Shroud were like, no, pay me up front. But it, it, it makes sense, though, that they're still in contention. Mm -hmm. I think both Ninja and Shroud were like, hey, give me my money today. I'll still talk to you if you're willing to offer a good amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I definitely agree with you. I, too, think he'll choose YouTube given his you know, internal beef or behind the scenes beef, obvious, even public beef with mm. Twitch. And I do think he would do very well on Twitch. I think he'd be welcomed right back. I don't know what his next game is going to be, but I, I think we've seen it time and time again. Upon return to Twitch, these streamers are oftentimes welcomed right back. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. We just yeah. we just don't know the money involved. So it's, it's tough to know what the best decision would be. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure you touched on this in your video as well. But I think... Uh, him streaming on YouTube all of a sudden as a surprise was kind of like a leverage play for contract negotiations. That's mm -hmm. very much what it seems like, like him proving that, hey, I can still bring these numbers, even though on Mixer I wasn't really doing too great. Uh, who knows how effective that'll actually be, though, because I, if I was in a boardroom and Ninja came through and was like, okay, I got 167 concurrent, I say, oh, well, you also had Tim the Tatman Courage and Dr. somebody Lupo, else. Yeah, you're you're, old, Lupo, you're yeah. playing Fortnite. Yeah, with the biggest people. And with, yeah. you're still huge news because mm. Mixer just died. Yeah. So, so like, how much can you of, maintain? Yeah, how much of that viewership is actually real viewership that's going to stick with you? Yeah. yeah so. As we all know, a lot of it's not. Mm -hmm. um, even his debut mixer stream was, I think, it reports saying 80 to close, approaching 100K, and we mm. saw what that fell off to, to, to yeah. less than, you know, average about 10% of that. So, mm. you know, less than 10K concurrent. So, I don't know. It's crazy. I can't imagine being in the boardroom for Twitch or for YouTube with a guy like Fwiz. What yeah, you, right. You right. know, like, you have no idea, like, what is Twitch offering? <laughs> Do we offer him? Do we need him? Mm -hmm. Very lastly, both platforms grew without Ninja and Shroud. So, oh, absolutely. And we're in a pandemic. So what kind of bags are you offering? So uh -huh. uh, we'll keep on we'll keep on talking about it, guys. By the point of this going live, he could have already decided. We both agree. He We think he will go to YouTube. He should go to Twitch. What do you guys think? Then we can confidently say it's not Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it's not Facebook. I hope we know that. I agree, but I got by golly, I hope it's not true now. <laughs> by the time this goes live, ninja on Facebook, frick. Oh.
All right, Zan. Hit him with that good old outro really quick. Thank you all for watching and subscribing. You guys are amazing people. All right, Zane, hit them. All right, all right. Thank you all once again. Uh, by all means, if you'd like to is listen to the Esports Rewind podcast on the go, on your phone, on your computer, really anywhere, uh, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network on iTunes and Spotify. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N, alongside a bunch of other fantastic esports talk show podcasts. Uh, you know, alongside that, please, uh, if you're an audio listener, thank you for tuning in. In. Check us out on YouTube at Esports Talk. You can also reach out to us at any time on Twitter at talk underscore esports or on Instagram at esports underscore talk. We get a bunch of stories from you guys. We believe it or not, like we, we do read through all of them, even if we can't cover all of them. Thinking about some alternatives to that in the future. We'll see. Uh, but anyways, aside from that, Jake, do you have anything you'd like to leave the good people with? Thanks for watching, all of you beautiful gamers out there. We'll catch you back next week, same time, same day, every mm -hmm. single week with the Esports Rewind Podcast. Until then, take care. Goodbye.